From the Spinnaker Radio Studios, critics have said he has a face for radio and a voice for silent films, your host, Ben Gordon. All right, guys, welcome to the Doc G Show. Happy Friday to everybody out there. Amen. Um, doing a little something different in the studio today. We've got two people on the uh, on the line here. Two great NBA analysts that are going to do the whole show with us. Uh, once again, on the show, we've got Claude Lathan. Uh, Claude, how are we doing? Doing well, man. Appreciate you having me back on today. Yeah, you know, we're going to talk some NBA. We're going to have a good time. It's Friday. Got to let it all hang out. Always. Along with that, we also have Terrence Singleton, column writer, social media director for Game Hoss, and co-host of I'm Right, You're Wrong on 90.5 WUSC and NBA Fanatic. Terrence, how's it going? Doing pretty good. Like the introduction. Really good. You know, I made you sound important like i'm professional you are like that hey you are you are as professional as they come man well that's what's happening huh something something like that all right so it's great to have you both on the show now uh we're going to continue a couple of the things that we normally have on the show uh but the main agenda that we have today we're actually switching gears to talk mainly about the nba but i'm going to include two things that we always do on the show. And the first of those things is who's wearing their birthday suit. Now, obviously, you guys are huge fans of the show, and you plan your entire life around listening to the Doc G Show. So I don't need to explain who's wearing their birthday suit to you guys. But there may be some new listeners out there, so for their benefit, I'm going to explain the rules. Very simple. Throughout the rest of the show, I'm going to give you clues on a person who has the birthday 1216. The only rules for the person are that they have to be famous and they have to have a birthday today. They can either be alive or dead, doesn't matter. They just have to have a birthday today and they're a famous person, obviously. That's why you're going to know them. This is old school, guys. 
So you, you you can't you can't get help. You can't go new school and use your phone, use the internet machine. You can't go old school and break out a world book or a Compton encyclopedia. I don't know if you guys have any of those, but you can't do that either way, okay? So here's the first clue for who's wearing their birthday suit. Now, if you got this off of just this one clue, I would be really amazed and then have to accuse you of cheating. But here's the first clue. Our birthday suit wearer was born in what is now known as Belgium and was named after his grandfather. That's all we're going with. Any ideas so far? Hmm. Not off the top of my head. Mm-mm. Okay, okay. We're going to come back Vincent to Vincent Company? What's that? Vincent Company? No. Uh, midfielder? I have no idea. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like it. I, I like the oh, effort, no. man. I like hey, the you effort. Hey, you got to risk it to get the biscuit. I like that one. Exactly. exactly. Let's go ahead. Let's dive in. Keep that in mind. That's the first clue. Let's go ahead. Dive in to the NBA. Here we go. So let me first, before we start talking about anything, let me roll down for the viewers or the listeners uh, what the top eight in the East Coast are and what the top eight in the West Coast are. So in the East Coast, we've got Cleveland, Toronto, Charlotte, New York Knicks, Boston, Chicago Bulls, Detroit, and then the last playoff spot right now, the Milwaukee Bucks. In the West Coast, we've got Golden State, San Antonio, L.A. Clippers, Houston Rockets, Memphis Grizzlies, Utah Jazz, Oklahoma, and then Portland in that eighth spot. So first thing I'm going to say, what's up with the Golden State Warriors? Only only winning 85% of their games right now. Last year, they won 90%. Right now, last year, they were 23-0. and would, would, they're, they're a little beat shootout, man. Claude, I'll shoot yeah, it to you first. For the most in the game. Claude, I'll shoot it to you first. Uh, how how do you think they're going right now? How do you honestly think the the Warriors are playing right now? I think the Warriors are are coming into their own. I think that they definitely are figuring out things on the offensive end. I mean, it really is a shootout every single game they go into. High scoring games. Um, the numbers they're putting up are ridiculous as far as having, you know, three caliber uh, players who can drop 20 a night um, with Clay and Steph and KD. Uh, Draymond's going to come in and get you close to a triple-double every time and then throw in maybe one support player giving you what they can, and that's going to total all those points. Um, it's just a matter of if they can step up on the defensive end and, and lock down some of these teams because when they get into those shootouts, you don't want to make it a close game where you have on the opposing side, you know, with San Antonio dropping in the post with LaMarcus or take it back out with Kawhi in their one-two punch. You don't want to have a Blake Griffin or a James Harden coming at you, you know, to win the game against you. If it's just a high-scoring game, you have to settle on defense. So I'm hoping they can figure that out. Now, I, uh, I'll throw that out there right now. You know, the last two games they lost, they lost to the Grizzlies and then they lost to uh, the Rockets. And, you know, I don't know if you got a chance to watch that Rockets game, but it, it came down to defense, and they just had no problems letting Harden score all over them and the rest of the Rockets as well. Terrence, what do you think of Golden State? Um, right now, I'd probably just say they're playing the same kind of basketball they were playing last year, just adding Kevin Durant. But um, I really 
really am waiting for uh, nine more days for they for when they see uh, Cleveland. That probably be my barometer where it's really at. But um, do you think? Do you think both teams are going to show their hand in that game? I think this game needs more for Golden State than it does for Cleveland, just because you know they won a championship. Um, their their glue isn't as wet as it is for the um, Golden State Warriors. Still kind of wet. Still got to get um, Kevin into the flow of the game, get them in the flow of playing with each other. I mean, you can even look at when Clay had sixty. Um, they didn't even, he didn't even play the fourth quarter, so that continuity is going to start to gel and get in where it's just not, oh, it's his night, oh, it's his night, oh, it's his night. It's, okay, we're going to get the offensive night rolling. And I haven't really, the offensive consistency hasn't been the same as it was last year. I mean, they're still putting up points, don't get me wrong, but I don't think the offense is looking as fluid as it did last year when they were all together and they all knew exactly where everyone's going to be. But um, when it starts to dry, they'll start to get into it. But um, defense is still probably their weakest point. I mean, Kevin Durant's seven foot tall, basically. Don't don't let the report lie to you. He's seven foot tall. But um, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll ask you this. So you said it's everybody's. You know, it's 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 Clay's night. It's it's Durant's night. It's Curry's night. Do you think yeah. that? Do you think that's a problem when teams do that? When when they don't have that go to guy that's just we know it's going to be Durant, or we know it's going to be Curry. Yeah, I mean, the NBA since, the, since 1985 has been about that one solemn superstar. Even in the 85 Bulls, you can have you know, that early Bulls and all that. It was Michael Jordan was the single player, but it didn't get in until he had support. But even when he had that support, it was Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. Now with the Golden State Warriors, who's who's the who's the Michael Jordan of that team? We really don't know. I mean, some nights you could say it's Clay, probably more offensively efficient than Steph Curry or Kevin Durant. Some nights it just could be Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's night could be Curry's night, but the team is. I think who it is. Yeah, I don't think. But that's the great thing about this Golden State team is you know. They they play together in the off season during the Olympics. They've done it for years. They know each other's game. Um, you have the best starting lineup in the NBA on that team. Um, take last night's game for example against the Knicks. Thirty six assists on their first their first thirty six field goals. Um, I, I agree with you. I think that at times their offense looks spectacular, but at times you know they don't look like they're all together there yet. Um, but I think that coming together last night was a great example of that spectacular play. I think it can improve. Um, I'd like to see what they can do on top of that, you know, to build off of it. But but I think it's coming together. I, I think that it's also a different NBA now compared to talked about those old Bulls teams. Um, you know, those were great one-man shows, and then people started to figure out, hey, we have to have a supporting cast like these Showtime Lakers or the great Celtics teams to be able to get to the top. Um, this Warriors team is different. They're un- they're unselfish. They really appreciate each other's games. And you know, Steph Curry has dropped back to I think number six in the MVP race. So I mean, he's not in it for the awards. KD's up there at number four this week. He's not in it for the awards. They just want to win games. And if they can figure out the rest of this offense um, and the defense, I-, I think that they have a great chance of, of taking the title this year. Well, so all, so the what? Knicks a- are the Knicks. The Knicks are the Knicks. They're horrible. <laughs> And then, but is being selfless a great thing? 
Well, so I don't know see, that's that's sort of my question, Terrence. Is is you know, Golden State looks amazing, but my question is, is you, you always have to have that one clutch guy, you know? That and everyone knows who it is when it's. Six seconds left. We're getting the ball to exactly, and, and, and Steph Curry was that guy, no doubt, when they won the title. And then last yeah. year, there was a little bit of a question because he had his injuries, and because Clay Thompson won the three-point competition, and I think some, uh, you know, just a combination of factors sort of made it a question. And they were, they were really gelling as that team that passed it all over, yeah. and anybody can win it. So I, I sort of question if they're going to let, you know, Curry become that guy or if they're going to let Durant be that guy because you need that guy every team even though I do agree with you they they've changed the way the NBA have played and not just them it's 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 changed over the last several years yeah. uh San Antonio doing a lot of it as well um but yeah it I I think there's going to be a, a time that they sort of have to choose that that you know yeah. leader uh, For sure. Say, look, look at the 2007-2008 Celtics team. I remember an interview on SportsCenter where they brought those big three together and they said, hey, you know, at the final seconds, who's going to take the last shot? And I think Ray Allen spoke up and said, whoever's got the hot hand. And, and I think that still falls into play today. Even look at two years ago with the Atlanta Hawks and the season they had uh, winning 60-plus games and everyone said they were the new Spurs of the NBA. Uh, they didn't have a legitimate superstar on that team, but oh everyone still wanted to know who was going to take the final shot. Everyone always wants to know, but I think at the end of the day, you go with who has the hot hand. And- well, I, I, I think if you're going to choose who's got the hot hand, if that's if that's your outlook on it, then it's got to be known. See, and that's the thing is I feel like on some of those teams, it, there's an idea that every person in their head is like, I should be taking that last shot. And then it comes and down. And, and, you know, and then, and then it doesn't work out when you actually have somebody that should be taking it. Or the person that's had the hot hand the whole game doesn't play well in the clutch yeah they have a great hand during the whole game but once it comes down to we've got to win this game then the then then they're not making it so you know look you i think i think steph and kd are clutch enough to whoever wants clay all of them draymond's got enough confidence yeah but the thing is if, if you're so clutch you would want to have the ball in your hand and you have four people you just named who want the ball in their hand when the game is on the line, that can definitely be bad for play call, play execution. It could be bad for just continuity going forward. Yeah. But, I mean, I think that just because they want it doesn't mean that they don't want the other player to have it. I think that as long as it goes in, they're happy with the result, but they they all want it. They just, it comes down to who's open and gets the shot. This I is, think the problem with the Golden State Warriors is the same problem that we had with LeBron James as a single player in 2012. And we're like, just go to the holders, go to the holders, attack, attack. We're going to have that same question with whoever is not taking the shot in the last second. You're going to be like, why didn't Clay take it? He was so hot in the third quarter. Why didn't he take it in the last second? Or it'd be, well, Curry was getting off because Curry does all those stupid, like, late streaks and games where it closed out games. Or it could be, well, we know Kevin Durant is who he is. I mean, he's seven foot tall. You can't defend a jump shot. You can't defend a turnaround elbow shot. You can't defend I, him going through the hole. Or it could be, oh, Draymond coming for open three. So, I mean. I think regardless, you're going to have that question with that team because you've got such a good 
good players, you're going to have people, if they lose a game, you're going to have them questioning, why wasn't this person or this person the last person to take the shot? I think what we've seen... Hey, drop, just drop it into my, my man, JaVale McGee, in the post. I uh, got to get shout-out. <laughs> JaVale McGee. Uh, drop it in there, man. Let hey, it he'll finish it up, man, no doubt. Next I question. I think the only player on the team that didn't let go of a 3-1 lead last year. Ah, uh, uh, 3-1 lead. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Here, here's the next question. Who do you think the oldest team in the league is right now? I've got the answer. Who do you think the oldest team is? Not normally, it's San Antonio. Not San Antonio either. Uh, I would probably go with uh, the Bulls. Maybe the Bulls are next. Neither of those are in the top three. Top three, Cleveland is the average oh, okay. oldest team. 30.52 oh, yeah. is the man. average age. Birdman and James Jones. L- L.A. Clippers yeah. is the second oldest team, 29.89. Uh, and then the third, San Antonio, 28.62. Oh. Terrence, you okay. were right as far as Philly. Youngest team, 24.18 is the average age. you got a lot of growing up to do. Hey, here's here's another thing. Um, remember when everybody thought the Lakers were good? When, yeah. <laughs> when, the, when they started off and everybody was like, oh, man, they're really good. Look at them. They're playing all together. They have been on an eight-game losing streak. Right now, they are sitting in 10th place. Uh, Terrence, what's going on with the Lakers? All right. I, I'll go ahead and say I was on the Lakers. I was on the Lakers, like, slow bandwagon, and I'm still on it. And I'll give you reasons why. Their bench is super, 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 super great. And if you have great bench play, you can go throughout the whole league. You can go and make some kind of noise in the playoffs, even if it's the Western Conference. So, I mean, look at the head of them. The Nuggets, the Kings. I mean, go ahead and fill in the deficiencies on that. We can say that they have a better coach than the um, Nuggets. They have better players than the Nuggets. They have better coaches than the Kings. Maybe even better talent than Kings, even though they have Marcus Cousins in there. And Willie Cauley Stein. But I think the Lakers can definitely come out and get that eighth spot. I mean, in the eighth spot, it's the Blazers. So they're probably going to keep going up. And the Jazz are at six. So the Jazz are going to come back to their mean. That's all sport is. Coming back to your mean, what are you really are? What's your really average? I mean, it's what? It's only December 16th, so are we really going to see who the Jazz really are? The Jazz aren't a 6 to 6 that came to the West. Let's be perfectly honest. Now, I, I will say that the Lakers, the the teams they lost to, Nets, Kings, Knicks, Suns, Rockets, Jazz, Grizzlies, and Raptors. So that's basically, I feel like that's a 4-4 four, like four, four split on good-bad teams, right? Yeah. Uh, you had some bad, they really need to turn it around on those last ones. Is the Nets and the Kings and uh, and the, yeah. the the Knicks the Knicks they're they're tied for third right now. But hold on just a second, Cla- uh, 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 Claude. What do you think about this? What do you think about the uh, Look, Lakers? I, I'm glad you mentioned Utah. Um, it's, I think they're a complete um, comparison, a direct comparison to the Lakers. I just think the Lakers are a few years behind. I think that Utah, after they kind of rebooted after the Darren Williams years. Uh, they ended up drafting young players, collecting assets, draft picks, um, and those players have developed. They sent out um, 
cancer to OKC. They ended up bringing in Gobert as starting center. He's developed into a double-double machine. I I think that they brought in enough veterans with Boris Diaw and, and Joe Johnson to solidify that bench. And I think that the Lakers are on the right track. Their young players are just a little bit behind, and they're going to go through those growing pains. Um, but, I, you know, the teams that they're right there with, you know, right now, Sacramento and Denver, I think that overall throughout the season, the Lakers have a better shot as long as D'Angelo can get healthy again. Uh, Portland is going to, they're going to float around that spot. But the, but the good thing the Lakers, about is that the West is so, they're so weak this year. You haven't seen the eighth spot under 500 in how many years? And Portland's sitting there at 13 and 15. Um, they need to look for some trades and ship out Allen Crabb, I think, because that's that was one of the most ridiculous signings at $18 million a year right now, starting off. Um, they could ship him off, and the Lakers, I think, could do something as well with, with their bench. You know, Luol Deng's having a down season. They signed him mm-hmm. to a big contract, maybe package him and some other player, try and shake something up there. But, you know, with those young players, you just have to be patient. Wait on the development of um, Brandon Ingram. Because he hasn't really developed yet. He hasn't really got the minutes to develop. But wait, he gets minutes. wait until he can fully open his eyes? Yeah. Yeah. All yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's go ahead. Uh, next question on who's wearing their birthday suit. So at the first, I said at a very young age, or uh, um, he was uh, from Belgium, born in Belgium. Uh, here's our next clue. At a very young age, our birthday suit wear started to play music. Uh, he was so good, such a virtuoso, that he started playing concerts by the age of seven. Any ideas? We're going to get a little bit. I'm going to start revealing more on the next one. Any ideas? I have absolutely no idea. Terrence, <laughs> anything? Beethoven. Wait, what? Did, is, did you actually just guess that? Yes. Did you not yes. cheat? No. Beethoven, a hundred percent correct. That is it. That is that Are you was. Serious? Yes, that is it. Nice. It is. I got to back to the last question. He said, "What is now Belgium?" So I was like, "Oh, it's something pretty old." He said, "Music at seven. I was like, mm, "Beethoven." That's it, man. Beethoven is it. Well, I had more clues. I'm just going to read down the clues real quick since you just guessed them. So today was his birthday. Uh, obviously, he had all kinds of musical taste. He played the viola organ, sang, but he was considered virtuoso on the piano. Uh, my next clue after that was going to be that his most famous work, very small piece that wasn't published until 40 years after his death, the song was titled Fur Elise. Uh, Nas sampled that musical work in the song I Can in 2003. Uh, nope, lost my clue. Never mind. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's Beethoven's uh, Beethoven's birthday today. And they're not 100% that it was his actual birthday today because all wow. they have is the record that he was uh, baptized on the 17th. But it was the tradition of the area at that time to be baptized literally the day after you were born. So, happy birthday to Beethoven. Um, obviously, he's not alive. Oh, there's my last clue. The last clue was he was uh, he was so popular, he was featured in the 1989 classic Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, yeah. Don't know if you ever saw that great 80s movie, but... They went back in time and they hung out with Beethoven. So 
I mean, of course, Ben saw that movie. Ben is so extremely old. Hey, man, <laughs> come on now. That's... Hey, he's an old soul. He's an old soul for sure. He's an old soul, but he's only like... I'm only 60, okay? Um, we, <laughs> okay, so back to uh, back to basketball. Uh, now, this one, uh, I'm, I'm sort of stuck on this question because this question is, uh, it's, it's baffled me, the response and everything that w- uh, went with it. So back a couple weeks ago, uh, Phil Jackson called LeBron James's friends and or business associates a posse. Wait, what? And this sort of took on a life of its own, you know, including Jay-Z, who alluded to it in his introduction of LeBron James at the Sports Illustrated award ceremony. Now, here's my opinion. Uh, Phil Jackson was just trying to take a swipe at LeBron James because he's never been his coach. And he doesn't like him nearly as much as Kobe or Jordan. So Jackson used the word basically to be diminutive. Basically saying LeBron and whoever the crap was with him, it's not important. That's basically what he said. Then Maverick Carter came out, tweeted out Phil Jackson, said, Still calls us a posse. Every step you take, they remind you, you ghetto. With the definition of posse below it. Then later that day, he went back on Twitter and said, let me be clear, I'm not saying Phil Jackson is a racist. I'm calling out his disrespectful language. But a lot of people took it to mean something racially. Now everybody, for some reason, is afraid to say the word posse. I was listening to The Right Time with Bomani Jones yesterday, and Shannon... Oh, yeah, I love Bomani. Yeah, and Shannon didn't even know what to call a bunch of rappers on stage. He was getting ready to say posse, and then he paused and said ensemble instead. Oh, and, my God. And Bomani called wow. him out on it. Uh, now, Terrence... I'm a smart guy. I've known you for yeah. two or three years and and worked on a, on a couple of shows, and I've noticed something. You're not white. Am I correct? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And we realized that Marco Rubio is not white either. Remember that one? Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eric, Eric found that one out. But now, knowing that, With that in mind, I want your opinion on the situation because I'm used to bouncing ideas right now off of Eric, and he's very white. So what do you think of Phil Jackson's posse comment and the rebuttal from Maverick and LeBron uh, and then the whole world? Um, Well, first of all, you're right. This is kind of like a swipe at LeBron James. I don't know what his like real motive was, but it was just a swipe at LeBron James. I think he kind of he went over the LeBron James line and went to his friends, and with, we all know LeBron James. He keeps his friends very close to his body, so if you swipe at LeBron's friends, you swipe at LeBron. Um, I think your above from Matt Carter was pretty on point. I think it's more... Uh, it's, I don't think it was a racist uh, comment. I mean, I don't believe he'll be racist. I mean... His whole job is around African Americans, basically. So I mean, if he's racist, he's hiding it pretty well. Um, but I would just call it more racially insensitive or racially ignorant. Ignorant, not in a bad way. Um, it's just not knowing that some words have double meaning. 
just not, not knowing that or just not wanting to be aware of that, that moment in time. Um, I think almost every African-American had that happen in their life where they're like, is he really a bad person? He just really doesn't know what he's talking about. I think that's what Phil Jackson was. I mean, he's an older white male, so he's in the demographic of not really knowing. Sorry if I put everyone into that basket, but most of the time. Well, um, but so you, you I, know that that that's my thing is that when I heard the story, I, I was like, this seems so ridiculous. This seems more the case that Phil Jackson basically just wants to show LeBron up, yeah, and, just, just power. and he just doesn't want to. You know, he he. Why you know? Why would he know about Maverick Carter's business anyways? Because I mean, you know, he 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 wasn't that wasn't even the part of the story that he was trying to do. I think this is more about you know Maverick Carter being upset that basically he's not getting the respect he deserves as the manager that he is. You know? He's a really, really, really good man, and he's been involved in LeBron's business business ventures um, for a long time. Basically, for a since he came into the league, right? Yeah, but then this is my other question is that you know if I was describing a group of my friends even if they were uh, uh, I have described my group of my friends as a posse and there was no diminutive term about it and there was nothing racially about it in fact the group was racially mixed so I you know I, I really don't get the racial connotation with it I, 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 I that that was the part that confused me um, I went to you know growing up I went to school um, at a predominantly african-american school and I also went to school at a predominantly white school um, I, I agree. I, posse was never um, some type of slander, or, or you know, it wasn't. We didn't use it to degrade any any ethnicity groups, um, ethnic groups. We it, it was when it was used, it was just a term and regular conversation. Um, I think that they're taking the technical definition of the word and kind of running with it here. Now, that's not to say that um, in other places around the country that this word isn't offensive. So, I don't want to take away from that possibility or perspective um but i i feel like uh phil's definitely not racist and maybe he just needs to be a little more choice with his words which i think carmelo got with them you know the yeah exactly kind of came to the rescue there and um i think carmelo's gotten with phil and explained their standpoint on you know just being a little more careful with his words uh and i think phil's gonna try and do that now exactly claude you're still white correct as far as I know. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that we were getting both sides of the story there. Um, okay, so uh, let's get back to the uh, the NBA here, uh, aside from posse comments. So we've basically been having the same discussion for the last seven years as far as the East Coast, which is, uh, is anyone good enough to compete with whoever LeBron's playing for? So we've got uh, the Toronto Drakes sitting at number two in the East Coast. Um, 
Then we've got Jordan's Disappointment, a.k.a. the Charlotte Hornets, tied for third with the New York Posses. Okay. Uh, right now, the Drakes would be fifth in the Western Conference if we were looking at uh, the actual uh, the actual ranks. And then if we were uh, New York and Charlotte would be eighth place in the Western Conference. Let's start with those three teams. Are any of those teams good? Um, I'll, I'll shoot it first at you, Claude. Uh, the Toronto Drakes, number two. Those guys uh, are they any oh, good? Oh man, the you know I love Toronto and everything they bring to the table. I think they've done a great job of uh, putting that team together. Um, I wish that Louis Scolas stuck around for one more year. Now he's riding the pine over in New Jersey, but. Um, you know, Toronto and Charlotte and New York are interesting teams. They are right there in that middle of the pack. And even though they're the next three teams after Cleveland, uh, the next three or four teams after them going into that eight or nine spot are all still within, you know, three games or so um, of that uh, third seed. I, I think that New York, uh, if they could figure it out, maybe, you know, I like what Jeff Hornacek has done with kind of putting uh, joking Noah on the bench more and bringing Kylo Quinn off. He's, he's putting up better numbers. I, I wish Noah could figure it out, especially because they just signed him with that new uh, that human contract. And, um, that's, that's just very unfortunate that they did that because of the way he's been playing, but maybe he can turn that around. Charlotte, Kendall Walker's having a fantastic year. Uh, definitely deserves to be an all-star. Uh, I, I like Nick Batum. If Michael Kidd Gilchrist could figure out how to shoot a jump shot, that could help. Uh, but I, I don't see Charlotte having enough firepower um, just because, you know, you go into that superstar uh, aspect. I don't I don't think that they have it as far as when they get into a, a seven-game playoff series. How are they going to have Kimball Walker carry them to four victories against the LeBron James-led Cleveland team? Um, Toronto has a good shot just because they have two legitimate all-stars. DeMar DeRozan, um, he's seven in the MVP ranking this week, so he's jumped up there in the conversation and, and leading his team. Kyle Lowry is like a fine wine, just getting better with age. Um, so it'll, it'll be Toronto and New York that'll challenge Cleveland out of those three teams, but um, I, don't, I don't even know if New York is going to have it if they can't figure out how to make Chris Stotts and Carmelo instead of having a number one and number two option, uh, maybe just work them in together and, and play more fluid uh, instead of just having that go-to guy that they feel they have to have. Terrence, who you think out of that three? Who you got? Um, out of that three, uh, definitely uh, the Toronto Dorsberg. Sorry, not Drake. <laughs> um, you got to fight for your lord. I think you watch the Game of Thrones. you got to fight for the queen. Um, but I would say... Yeah, Toronto's a very good team. The Knicks, I love the switch of putting um, Noah on the bench. I mean, it just makes sense. Noah on the bench makes sense for anything. I mean, the fire he brings it just makes it makes a lot of sense. Uh, he's not a uh, starter production-wise player, if you understand what I'm saying. He's not, like, going to get you 15, even 13 to 15 points per game. He's never going to do that um, at his age. But he's going to give you the rebounds and give you the hustle points that you can get to acquire more points from the bench. He instills uh, that kind of fire for the bench and it gets them to play better. It's a perfect move. Um, and the other team, uh, 
What was the other team? I'm looking at the roster. Charlotte. Now, so I'm not looking at it. Charlotte? Oh, yeah, I love Kimball Walker. Uh, but it was funny. I went to the their first, I think it was season opening game. They lost that game, and they went nine straight. And I'm just like, I went to the game, they lost. It was really horrible. That's always but, um, my luck, man. I always go to the, but, the game that the team loses. <laughs> yeah, they, they played the Suns and lost to the Duffins. Um, but Kendall was, he, he's a, he's the second best point guard in the um, East, you know, behind Kyrie Irving. But, um, Hopefully, I'm not getting into the other uh, part of the show. I should read my outline. But uh, the Milwaukee Bucks in the eight. They are super, 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 super tall. There is no one on this team, even bench player included, on the scratch at. Just take, take and carry off the team. There is no one under 6'4 on that team. No one under 6'4. I mean, uh, 3 3 6, 11, their matchup against Cleveland would be perfect just because of the length. I mean, LeBron's always had trouble against lengthy players. I mean, Kyrie can't get a shot off over a uh, six-five uh, point guard, six-five shooting guard, and Michael Brogdon, or he can't get a shot over Utah uh, Cooper. So I mean, it makes sense. That eight-one, if it stays that way, going to be very, very interesting to watch. Oh, all right. Well, your your sleeper team for the East. Keep that. Oh yeah, always. Keep yeah, keep keep that uh, keep that in the holster here. Uh, yeah, the third best point guard. <laughs> next question: Russell Westbrook. He's averaging ten point uh, nine rebounds, eleven assists, thirty one point one points a game. And Mark Cuban said he's still not a superstar. Last year in the playoffs, Kevin Durant called Mark Cuban an idiot. Um, yep. Did Mark Cuban just validate Durant's statement by saying that Russell Westbrook is still not a superstar? Terrence. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go to, go to, um, yeah, I'm done. Absolutely. <laughs> Claude, what do you think? Yeah, I, Westbrook is definitely a star. As a superstar, you know, you have to win to be a superstar. When Durant went out a couple years ago and Westbrook kind of got his first chance at leading that team by himself, he did a terrific job, but the team actually didn't win that many games. They were losing at just the same rate as they were winning. Uh, and right now, their record's right right near 500. They started the season off well, but um, it, it, it's, not, it's not done so well as of uh, the latter part of the season so far. So I... I don't know if he's a superstar. It's a tough conversation that, you know, that's kind of like getting into Carmelo Anthony, a superstar, because his team's never been a winner. Was Tracy McGrady ever a superstar because he couldn't break out of, you know, the first, second round of the playoffs. Um, if, you, if you classify it as winning, then no, I, I guess Russell Westbrook, um, as of now, he's not. But if he could, t- if he leads his team to the playoffs, he averages the triple-double or close to it. He has the phenomenal MVP caliber season, everyone thinks he does, and his team wins, you know, goes into the second round of the playoffs at least. Yeah, I give him superstar status for sure. Okay. Oh, no, okay. Uh, <laughs> superstar does not have to equate to win. I mean, it's still a team sport when it comes down to. I mean, basketball is the most individual team sport there is, but I mean, Carl, you brought Tracy McGrady, that's my dude. Like, he was out here balling. I don't care who who, who TV was on, he was always balling. Um, look, I've got about... Tracy McGrady jersey in my closet, but did his teams ever have much success in the playoffs? No. For me, for me, what I have to say as far as superstar, I'll jump in real quick with this, is that how much attraction do they bring? 
you know, how much star power, just like any like actor or singer or anything else, a superstar would be someone that brings in- intrigue. And he does that. I mean, ESPN's all over Westbrook. I mean, and, you know, with rightful reason, like you're talking about, triple-double, all kinds of stuff. I mean, he brings in, he's sponsored by Jordan. On that level, as far as just stardom, then yeah. That commercial was awesome. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'd, ha- I'd have to say. Um, let's move on. Uh, so this is what I'm going to do here. I'm going to give you a team, guys, and you're going to have to tell me who on that team is the highest paid player okay don't 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 cheat just try to guess who you got as far as the highest paid player or highest paid player on that team first team minnesota timberwolves <laughs> um ricky exactly rubio oh that's probably right yeah, I'll go exactly being though I said it. <laughs> well, it, it was right. It was Ricky yeah. Rubio. Ricky yeah. Rubio is the uh, the highest paid player on Minnesota, and he's actually got thirteen million four hundred thousand a year. Next up behind him, uh, Nikola Pekovic, uh with twelve million. Which wow, are they wasting some money They're on that? They're regretting that one, I'm sure. Yeah, they're wasting money. Go ahead and trade Rubio and um, trade Wire. Give me to some um, the point guard. All right, here comes. Minnesota com- has too many big men, and to be paying Pekovich that much money is crazy. Exactly. Yeah, Second team, Miami Heat. Who's their highest paid player? Um, uh, Tyler Johnson. Is he a Tyler no, Johnson boy? Um, <laughs> no, no. Is he still on the books? Um. Yeah, they didn't um, waste them yet, so it should be. Huh? I'll go. I'll go with Whiteside. He got a pretty big contract in the um, offseason. I'll go with Whiteside. Very close. Whiteside was second, 22116000 First, they are still paying Chris Bosh. He did not actually. I mean, yes, he he was not cleared to play. That they still got to pay him his contract, twenty three million seven hundred and forty one thousand that they owe him, and he's still being paid that. And right now he's in you South. Know hmm. They decided not to waive him, so he couldn't join any of the other playoff teams and, and compete against them. Right, right. He wouldn't. They they wouldn't actually. They wouldn't void the contract, so he's still on their roster. So <laughs> that's kind of sketchy. I think he can play. I don't know if, he, if they would want to waive him, but he can't serve anyone else. I think he's probably healthy enough to play. Uh, right now, he's in Southeast Asia uh, enjoying $23 million a year, which, is, more than that. <laughs> which isn't bad. That's uh, not too bad. Third team, <laughs> Atlanta Hawks. Who do we have? Highest paid player, Atlanta Hawks. Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard, $23,180,000. Don't know if he's worth that. Uh, here comes an issue for me. <laughs> last team. Now you probably heard about this one uh, because I think everybody heard about this one. But uh, Memphis Grizzlies, the highest paid player in the league right now. Guys, no, I'm gonna go with right? Chandler Parsons. Oh, no, never mind. That's awful. Uh, Mike Conley. There we go. <laughs> Mike Conley, 26540000 And then 
you, you were on the right path. Chandler Parsons, 22,116,000. Combined almost 50 million between those two. Now, that is an hey. overpaying, if I think, uh, if, if there is yeah. one out there. <laughs> Mark Cuban is having a really nice laugh somewhere after what he paid Chandler Parsons in Dallas to see him getting this max contract and not suiting up for uh, Memphis either. Exactly. So, so, sorry. Um, I am going to move on to the next topic of players resting. Okay, so we saw uh, recently uh, we had a, a big group of of players being rested, uh, specifically on the cap. <laughs> Specifically on the Cavaliers. So we had LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Love uh, didn't travel to their game against the Grizzlies. Game that they ended up, uh, not surprisingly, losing. Uh, a lot of people were upset. A lot of people who uh, were supportive. Um, Claude, what were your thoughts on it? I, uh, I've never had an issue with resting players. I Michael Jordan was 39 years old and played 82 games in a season. Um, I, if you want to play him, play him. Um, but you know, you're taking a page out of out of Greg Popovich's book and and saying, let me let me rest these players uh, while we're going on a road game. I remember a nationally televised game a couple years ago. Pop rested his players and his team got fined for it, and it's been something he's been doing for years. Uh, Cleveland did that, you know, against Memphis. And the only thing I don't like about it is if you're going to do it, maybe do it at, at you know with, during your home games. So the the fans that actually pay to see a LeBron James come, who they don't have the pleasure of seeing every single or every other night, you know, in their own city, uh, go and play for those players or for those fans. Um, and when you go back home, take a break and rest because they can see you anytime in Cleveland. But when you're traveling to a, to a site one to two times a year, um, you know, suit up for those fans and, and give them what they paid for. Because that's just a, that's a little disappointing for those children who, who are, you know, just becoming fans and really love the game. Terrence, what do you think? Yeah, I mean... It's about the kids, I guess. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, pretty much the same way. I would say if you're not going to play the player, like, make them do, like, a, like a meet and greet with the fans. It's like, not, if you're not going to play, I mean, you need to fly. I mean, that's kind of my thing. Like, you're not flying, you're flying back to Cleveland, get a little day's rest. I mean, it, it counts, but, like, at that moment in time, I mean, if you're not going to play in the game, you're getting enough rest. But just, if you're going to do it on an away team, like, do a little fan meet and greet, like have LeBron in the tunnel during pregame, just signing a bunch of stuff or something like that. Kevin Love, we really want Kevin Love autograph for Kyrie. And uh, that was me, Kevin Love. Well, sorry, Kevin. <laughs> uh, but, um, drop some dimes for the fans. Yeah, I mean, this is a baby but uh, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna not even show up to the arena, it should be at home. But if you're on the way, just do something for the fans. Like throw them a wristband. Um, LeBron, throw them the can of road game you're using. Yes. So this, this this is my analogy for the situation, right? So if you got it, it's not LeBron's fault, it's not Kyrie's fault, it's not Love's fault. It, but like you guys said, it's not fair to the fans that bought tickets, regardless of their kids or, or adults. Here's my analogy for it: if we all buy 
tickets for a rap festival and it's headlined by J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar, we're all getting pumped. We're excited to hear some swimming pools and, and G-O-M-D and we're all going to the concert. We're like, hell yeah, guys, this is going to be great. And right before we get to the concert, they tell us that instead of J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar, it's going to be Riff Raff and Vanilla Ice that are headlining. Like, am I going to sing along with Aquaberry Dolphin and Ninja Rat? Hell yeah, I am. But I'm expecting the price to drop significantly when I'm yeah. hearing Riff Raff and Vanilla Ice. And I'm feeling like yeah. I'm going to get ripped off. Okay? And that's sort of the same thing when you look at those, you know, NBA teams. They're expecting to see Kyrie and LeBron. And then all of a sudden, they're getting Tristan Thompson and J.R. Smith. And they're like, Let's. I mean, Tristan Thompson was beating the Kardashians, so I mean, that box office value oh. it went up. And J.R. Smith, you know, you know J.R. Smith. <laughs> Somebody get Justin Timberlake on the phone. Uh, uh, well, all right, guys. We got to call Memphis and fix that. And it was Memphis they skipped on, so that would be appropriate to call Justin Timberlake. Well, let's take let's take a break from the NBA real quick. We're going to jump over to a fan favorite of Stop Faking the Funk. Now, as listeners know, regular listeners know, what I do here is I throw out two headlines... And you guys guess whether or not one is real and whether or not one is fake. Okay? So, are you ready for the first headlines? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so the first headline here. Broke student blows $1.5 million from bank glitch on cars, boats, and strippers. Get caught me on that one. Or <laughs> stripper banks... $100,000 tip from Mysterious Wall Street Man. Which one is real? This is the first one. What's that? It's the first one. That was me. <laughs> Claude, are you are are you in agreement? I'm going with the first one either way. <laughs> okay. It, well, it's it's not Terrence, but it is the first oh. one. It is true, right? In Australia, a law student uh, got massive overdraft privileges from his bank. Luke Moore breezed through $1.5 million on sports cars, boats, luxury vacations, and strippers. But then the uh, law finally caught up with him when they found out what he was doing, sentenced him to four years in prison for fraud. Uh, but don't worry, he's out now. He only spent five months behind bars. Uh, ruling was he didn't do anything deceptive. Basically, he found out that he could just keep on taking money out of his bank account, and the bank was well aware of it too. They just didn't do anything about it. He said uh, about the verdict, he said, I'm thrilled with the verdict. I've had my moment in the sun. I've lived the high life for a bit had my 15 minutes. Now I just want to concentrate on my studies, leading a normal life. He is now uh, working on his law degree to become a criminal lawyer. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Here's the next one. Florida marathon runner gets lost, goes missing for 12 hours, or cyclist claims that during last 100-mile ride, he went back in time. I'm going with the second. Second. Uh, I mean, I can't, I can't like put Florida to any social standards. So I'm going go with the first one because Florida's just weird. So I'm going, I'm going number one. 
<laughs> Terrence, you're two for two, man. Yes. I, I, Claude, I know you just wanted. I, I know you wanted to hear a story about a person going back in time. I know that's the case. That was me. Yeah. I think when I made that, I think I made that title up right after I. Uh, read the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and I was just excited about people going back in time. I think that's why I did that. Uh, Florida marathon runner gets lost, gone missing for 12 hours. Melissa Kitcher had full intentions of completing her first half marathon Sunday, but she took a wrong turn. In the Trail Hog Marathon at Carlton Reserve near Venice in Sarasota County, Florida, she uh, wound up running on the trails for over 16 miles after she lost the actual course. Um, eventually, she was found by the, uh, the managers of the race and was returned to her home. So, good for Melissa Kitcher. Okay, here we go. Uh, this will be the last one. We have got marijuana pants for kids... Stoke outrage or cocaine found in the pants of a first grader in Colorado. <laughs> Terrence, you want this one first? Uh, mm, I'm going to go with the cocaine in the pocket. pocket. Okay, I'm cocaine, cocaine in, in the pocket. Spot. Claude, what do you got? Oh, man. You've been two for two. I think I'm going to agree with you and go with cocaine in the pocket. Ah, I got both of you on this one. Marijuana pants for kids stroke uh, stoke outrage. So apparently there's a company, uh, uh, Aosh Long, A-O-S-H-I Long Baby, which uh, makes pants, leafy leggings, with digital printed marijuana leaves on them. Uh, some people are taking offense to this. In fact, uh, Drug Free Charlotte, uh, a group, uh, said, why would they have that? You're advertising that you're showing uh, acceptability of marijuana. Scott Chipman, an activist for Citizens Against Legalizing Marijuana, said the leggings... Uh, send a bad message. Anything that normalizes marijuana with kids is child abuse. That's what he said. So, um, But if you want them, you can get some kids uh, that you know, as young as two, some marijuana pants if you want. Not actually made out of hemp or anything, just with big marijuana leaves on them. So there you go. That is uh, Stop Faking the Funk. We're going to move on now to uh, our last questions. We're going to wrap up the NBA here. So our, our last questions, I want to ask uh, three questions. We're going to keep it fairly uh, short with these three questions, but this is going to be the wrap-up for both of you guys. I'll, I'll start with you, Terrence. Who's winning the championship? Who's your sleeper team in the West? And who's your sleeper team in the East? All right, LeBron James wins his last championship. He leaves Cleveland, leaves the NBA. Uh, sleeper team in the East, you already know mine is uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks, Milwaukee Bucks, and uh, my sleeper team in the West. I will go ahead and say uh, the sleeper has to be outside the top eight, or just outside of like it the just, top. Just yeah, we'll say outside of the top four. Outside of the top. Four. 
Okay, West. Um, so right now, if you with, need, well, real quick, just for the, the listeners as well, I'll review the whole eight that we've got in the West. We've got Golden State, San Antonio, L.A. Clippers, Houston Rockets, Memphis Grizzlies, Utah Jazz, Oklahoma, and then Portland. That would be the top eight. Oh, gosh. Um, the Grizzlies and the Trailers have a really, really bad margin of uh, victory, so that's not good to look at. So I'm going to go with the top margin of victory, and I'm going to go with the um, Utah Jazz at six. Okay. All right. So we've got Utah Jazz sleeper for the West. We've got Milwaukee sleeper for the East. And we've got Cleveland for the championship. Now, last time we talked, Claude, your uh, championship guest was Cleveland once again. Uh, How's that changed? And who's your sleeper team in the West? Who's your sleeper team in the East? It, uh, it has not changed. I'm going to continue. Uh, I think it would be sad of me to go back on my pick, so I'm going to go ahead and stick with it uh, through the through the end of the season and the playoffs, actually. I'm going to go ahead and go Cleveland again. Uh, the Kings just going to be too much, and their bench is too much compared to Golden State in that final if they get there. Uh, sleeper team in the East, I'm going to go with... Uh, with Chicago, I love Rondo and Wade and Butler and what they've done uh, and what Wade's done with Mentor and Butler. I think that they could be dangerous in a playoff series. Uh, out of the West, um, I love Terrence. You pick Utah. I, I like that pick a lot. Um, if not Utah, then I would say Memphis because their record's 18-9, and nine, uh, and, and they're in that fifth spot in the West right now, but they're 18-9 and nine and, and uh, you know, Mike Conley's been out. I think he's coming back tonight for the first time in uh, plenty of games. So he'll be back if they can get Chandler Parsons back, Marcus all completely healthy. Uh, and, you know, maybe Memphis can, can do the Conor McGregor on to a deep run in the playoffs. No. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm very excited that you said that, D, uh, that your sleeper pick for the East would be Chicago because that is my favorite team. And, well, they have depressed me the last few games. Hopefully they'll get their crap together but i'm guessing i don't know if they will or not but let's hope they are that is i used to uh, i used to love watching chicago when they had uh ben gordon and and kirk heinrich back in you know those early i guess that was actually the mid 2000s to the late 2000s Ben gordon was putting up ridiculous numbers you know 40 point games in the playoffs so ever since then i was you know really big on the chicago uh train and uh, oh yeah man Believe me, I was I was a fan since '90. That's right, because I'm old. But uh, I was a fan <laughs> since '90, and then it was rough sledding for about '98 till 2003. And then, like you said, we got some pickup there in the mid 2000s, and then I got really excited 2010. Uh, you know, you got Derrick Rose, the MVP, and you're going to the conference finals, and then, yeah, and then last that year we did we didn't even make it to the yeah, playoffs. He- that team featured a you know an end of his career Rip Hamilton who was terrific yep. off screen. Who doesn't like Rip Hamilton? All right, uh, guys, we are going to go up to our closing of the show. And as the listeners are well aware, what we do for the close up of the show is we always have an update. We started the update with the Tim Tebow update, but. Um, well, one, he didn't accept my request to become the co-host of this show, which, ridiculous. Second, 
He did not do that well in the fall league in Arizona, so it was pretty rough uh, covering that. Uh, So we had to part ways with Timbo Slice. But don't worry, we moved on to Paul Rudd, as the listeners know. So, our Paul Rudd update for this week. Uh, He's got a new movie coming out I'm very excited about. Uh, Steve Coogan, don't know if you know who Steve Coogan is. Uh, Steve Coogan played in Our Idiot Brother, who Paul Rudd was also in. And he also played in Tropic Thunder. He was the uh, director in Tropic Thunder. The director of the movie. Um... But great movie, yeah, it is. It's one of my favorites. I love, I love Tropic Thunder. But in this movie, apparently, Paul Rudd, Steve Coogan, they play a, a gay couple uh, in the movie Ideal Home, um, which is apparently they're supposed to be a disgruntled, famous uh, gay couple together, uh, and it looks hilarious. It's due out this uh, this coming year in 2017. I can't wait because those two guys are two of my favorites. Just, I mean, Paul Rudd, Steve Coogan. It's going to be good, guys. Get excited for it. Are you excited, Terrence? Really excited. I love Paul Rudd. Um, he's just, just a funny-looking person, a funny person. It's just, he's just comedy. If you had comedy in the dictionary, the picture of Paul Rudd Fa- f- would be... Favorite Paul Rudd comedy. movie. What's favorite Paul Rudd movie, Terrence? Um... It's just, oh, oh my God. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, This is 40. I love This is 40. Uh, and uh, I'm going to go with Ant-Man. It just came out. That was awesome. Nice. I love Ant-Man. Nice. Claude, favorite Paul Rudd movie? Oh, by far, Anchorman. Nice. By far. Nice. I didn't want to cop out and go with Anchorman. I, <laughs> hey, I'm... <laughs> I'm going to go that deep cut Paul Rudd. That's what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to say my favorite, Our Idiot Brother. That's my favorite Paul Rudd movie. Mm-hmm. I love Our Idiot Brother. I, I thought it, he was terrific in Role Models as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Role Models with old, what's his face? I forget his name. Stifler, whatever his actual real name is. Stifler. <laughs> All right, guys. This has been the Doc G Show. It's been fantastic. With me today has been Terrence Singleton and Claude Lathan. Guys, thanks for uh, being on the show with me. Always a pleasure, man. I got you on the North Florida. I got to. Yeah, you got to come down. We got Both of you guys got to actually come down, uh, hang out in the studio with us. Oh, of course we got to. I'll, I'll pry Eric from Columbia. I got you. <laughs> Always cool for uh, down for a little good weather. All right. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Well, until next week, listeners, tune in again. We will be back on Thursday. Thursday will be the Christmas special, so make sure you guys tune in. And until then, zip it up and zip it out.